everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Coco and Dolls. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming movies and series on Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, HBO Max, and Disney Plus. What do we got in store for listener today, Dolls? I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalt. So, as you might have gleaned, listener, we are talking about the last blockbuster documentary airing as we speak on Netflix this very day, Monday, March 15th. It debuted on Netflix. It's been out since uh, December 2020 in theaters, if people are still doing that anymore. Who knows? Well, New York theaters are reopening, so. So that's a thing, apparently. But uh, so as you might have uh, gleaned from the uh, title, this is a documentary about the last blockbuster. And for those who don't know what blockbuster is. (laughs) Anybody under the age of like 30. It's where you used to go to rent movies. So you'd go into a building. It's essentially just like Netflix, only it's a building. With actual physical movies and not streaming. With DVDs, you'd go up to a shelf and you'd pick up DVD off the shelf and the DVD would have descriptions of the movie on the other side. So you'd have like a movie poster on one side and on the other side, it would be a description of that movie. Well, depending on when you went to Blockbuster, maybe you got a VHS tape. Right. It could even be a VHS tape, which... Mm -hmm is mainly the focus of this movie. So the last (laughs) blockbuster uh, location is in Bend, Oregon, and it still exists to this day. And this documentary centers around that particular location. So when they happen, when they, uh, at one time there were three locations in Alaska, four Mm -hmm. locations in Alaska, and then they got all shut down because, you know, why not? Um, (laughs) And then that was the last, the last one was left in Oregon. And this is a document uh, of that occasion, documentary of that very last one. Mm-hmm. Coco, what did you think <laughs> of this documentary about the last blockbuster? So apparently the last blockbuster, the location, not the movie, has turned into a tourist destination. And I really want to go there now. <laughs> yeah, me too. They got merch. They got some <laughs> yeah, mad merch. Yeah, totally. They've got blockbuster magnets and sunglasses. Um, Bikini tops. I don't remember seeing that. Oh. Um, so the manager of this blockbuster, I believe she said she's been there for 15 years. Her name is Sandy Harding and she seems super awesome. She realizes the precariousness of the situation they're in because, so I, like many people thought that blockbuster was, you know, done for because of Netflix, but it turns out that in the late nineties, Viacom bought Blockbuster because Blockbuster was the biggest deal in the world mm-hmm. and had lots of cash flow and Viacom wanted to use Blockbuster's cash flow to buy Paramount and then saddled Blockbuster with all this debt. Mm-hmm. So Blockbuster had all this debt it couldn't get out from under and then the stock market crash in oh eight, oh nine kind of did it in. Mm-hmm. Um Apparently, for a couple of years before the stock market crash, they had brought on like a new uh, CEO and he was trying to turn things around. Like he saw that streaming was the wave of the future and they were kind of Blockbuster and Netflix were kind of like at the same level at that point. But then because they had so much debt when the stock market crash happened, they just couldn't overcome it. Mm-hmm. So she's been there for a while. Right now, they're only able to use the Blockbuster name because uh 
Viacom sold it to uh, Dish Network, Mm -hmm. who licenses the name to them. So they're on like a one-year licensing deal now, year to year. And uh, There's got to be a lot of money in that. No kidding. (laughs) And and so the film crew was actually there when Sandy got the call saying they've renewed our license for another year. So I really hope that Dish Network keeps allowing them to renew the license, even if it becomes some kind of weird money loser Mm -hmm. or the contract terms expire and they can technically yank it like this is a tourist destination and sandy seems awesome it's really like a hometown feel like she still is in touch with people who have worked for her like when they were teenagers and now they're grown and they're married and they have families of their own and it 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 was really good to just like see the nostalgia of the 80s and 90s of blockbuster and Mm -hmm. it, it was just a very feel good even though this is a horrible situation in terms of people could lose their jobs you know it, it was just it was a feel-good movie for in that sense for me so i've so, talked a long time now dolls i uh i think the irony here is now that this blockbuster as you mentioned coco feels like a very mom and pop kind of organization it's like the last one obviously it's unique there's no other uh store like it in the world in the entire world i know that americans like to think that it's the super bowl it's the world series but actually there is no other video store like this in the world it's the last blockbuster and it feels like a mom and pop kind of organization which is ironic because blockbuster (laughs) put out of business, all the little right. small independent mom and pop video stores that used to be like there was all sorts of video stores when I was growing up. Low those many years ago when you'd go and get a VHS tape and you'd, uh, as as one of the guys mentioned, one of the actors mentioned, he would go and actually get the v, the VCR as well. <laughs> so you'd get the VCR, you'd rent the VCR, and you'd rent a number of tapes. You'd rent as many as you could for that particular weekend, and then you just equivalent of binge watching for that entire weekend, <laughs> popping tapes in, you know, putting the diaper on and just watching everything. And uh, I, I think that this this movie does a this documentary does a good job of capturing that. At the same time, I think that this was this could have been about forty five minutes long. This documentary, Aww. It, uh, <laughs> it it was there was a lot of superfluous stuff in there. And Doug Benson, for some random reason, is prominently featured. Yeah, I didn't get that. And uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe because he was cooperative, and I didn't even really know that he was a star until I started looking him up. Um, I mean, he's more of a star than I am, obviously, but... Well, you're like number 487,000 on IMDb, so... <laughs> so I got to check and see what number he is after right. the show, but... Um, so there's a lot of the... This seemed like they included a lot of material in this documentary that didn't really need to be included. I think the fascinating stuff to me was the, was the personalization mm-hmm. of the family, of Sandy's family, and how they... You know, wearing wearing their blockbuster uh, polos around, and people would come up to them and say, "Hey, I love your store. I love what you do." And and the the, the cult of personality that's around this last store, I thought that was interesting. I also I thought was very interesting. They had some of the they had the former CEO of Blockbuster right. on there. Um, they had some really good interviews in terms of why Blockbuster went kaputski. And like you said, Coco, it wasn't just because of Netflix. There were a lot of complicating factors around it. Um, that part of it was very interesting to me, but there was a, it very easily could have been a shorter documentary. At the end of it, I was thinking, man, there was a lot of padding in there. There was a lot of, like, I'm glad this wasn't a seven-part you know, right. series. And it was only an hour and 26 minutes. Right. So yeah, It could have been an hour easy. 
it could have been you know 50 minutes i think um but it, there was a lot of really good information in there i think for my criticisms of, the, of its length and the padding the stuff that's in there i think it makes it worth a worthwhile visit mm-hmm. yeah definitely and uh some of the padding dolls is talking about is they did interview people in the entertainment industry who worked at blockbuster when they were kids right. like uh, Jamie Kennedy was apparently in the Blockbuster Entertainment crew, which I'd never, I don't remember seeing any of that. that I didn't was know funny. that was a thing. Yeah, actually. totally. Um, also, uh, let's see, Eric Close was on some CBS procedural. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked at a Blockbuster, I think. Ioni Sky. Ioni Sky. Adam. Kevin Smith. Adam Brody, who, bro, take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're going to be on camera for a documentary and you show up all sweaty and like, Seth Cohen, please, please take a shower and bust out some Irish spring before you... I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who noticed that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, dude, like, what's going on? Did you not know they were coming? Right. (laughs) Exactly. There's a documentary crew at my door. Oh, come on in. Right. I was just working out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So every time, yeah, every time he was on screen, I was just like, Seth Cohen, come on. What are you you doing? But but I, uh, otherwise, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, there were a few times when I was like, that could have been cut out. But I mean, it's an hour and 26 minutes long. So I'm not not going to complain too much i well i will but uh I, I agree that it wasn't really all that much it wasn't really a painful process it wasn't like some of the other things that we watch where it's like right. oh my gosh I, I can't sit through another episode of this <laughs> we we got the snyder cut coming up on thursday people <laughs> and that is legit four hours and two minutes long so oh. if Dolph is complaining about 86 minutes just wait my bum is gonna be numb <laughs> <laughs> so, Coco, tell me and listener about some of your favorite blockbuster moments. So, I looked it up knowing that we were going to be doing this podcast. There was a blockbuster close to my dad's house in that little strip mall by the Gerbs that you've been to. <laughs> I love Gerbs. I went to that blockbuster freaking all the time in high school and college. Yeah. I used to buy um, movie posters from them whenever they would move out the what? new releases and they would bring the, the new new releases yeah, yeah, in yeah. and they would you know not need to keep the movie posters of the old new releases so i would like sometimes they would just give them to me mm-hmm. and other times i would like buy them off them so i had like a uh, howard's end i think i had what? that movie poster like i know you love the merchant Ivory you're the only one who is salivating over the howard's <laughs> end movie poster everybody else is like superman and star wars and you're like can i get the howard's end one <laughs> right totally <laughs> And I looked it up, and apparently that Blockbuster location is now a Fantastic Sam's. Which, of course, it is. Yeah, totally. So, and speaking of, there were a couple Blockbusters close to where we are now living. Mm -hmm. One of them got bulldozed, and it's now like a walk-in medical clinic. Mm -hmm. Well, they they actually just transformed it. Like, it's the same building. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they just put a new facade on it and everything like that, which I think is really ironic. Every time I'm in there, I was like, yeah, I remember coming here on a Saturday with my young daughters, (laughs) and we're like looking for... Bambi. Yeah. (laughs) Old Yeller or something like that. And now there's people in there getting, you know, zits removed and... (laughs) Right. Stuff like that. And then the other blockbuster close to us uh, is now a vein clinic. <laughs> so varicose veins are getting lasered off. As in off. V-E-I-N. Right. Yeah. Although V-A-I-N is... It's probably also yeah, awesome. in that yeah. regard. What uh, What about you? Yeah, I, I have lots of good... Uh, the last or sorry blockbuster moments i uh so back in the day when i was living in st louis and uh, you might remember this too coco is at the time 
it was a doggy dog world in the movie rental uh, business. This would have been the early 2000s. And Blockbuster was trying to survive uh, against this new up-and-coming kid called Netflix. And Netflix would mail the DVDs to you, and you'd get one a week or two a week, depending on your program, that you're, the plan that you were on. And then Blockbuster went in on that. Mm-hmm. They started saying, hey, we can do that. So they pulled it off. So there was that. And then Walmart got involved. What? Yes. Walmart did too? This is a little known fact that wow. at that time, Walmart also got involved. And they were trying to get in on the movie rental business. So they were putting DVDs into envelopes and mailing them to you. Wow. So at one time in St. Louis, I had all these trial uh <laughs> these trial memberships back to back so I would try Walmart and then that would expire I'd try Netflix and then that would expire and I'd try Blockbuster and it was just the best thing in the world but little did we know that now like I can just go and click a button on my right. TV and there it is mm-hmm. but I, I have I have very fond memories of Blockbuster yeah. in terms of walking in uh-huh. walking around yeah. and there's a lot of good visceral stuff in this documentary mm-hmm. when they talk about the smell of Blockbuster right. with the candy and the popcorn mm-hmm. and the and the plastic and the paper and everything like that so I uh, Kevin Smith said at one point in this doc that he hopes that video rental places return like record stores return yeah. and i would i would really be all behind that i mean it would be dvds now um and even if they still make dvds anymore after the streaming right. revolution that mm-hmm. we're in right now but uh I, I think that would be a really cool thing i mean maybe that's just pure nostalgia and sometimes nostalgia is so strong that it overwrites logic mm-hmm. and who's gonna you know once you've aged out of the nostalgia Who's going to come to a DVD store and rent DVDs? I mean, not the kids of today. Right, exactly. There was one guy they interviewed who was at the store in Bend, Oregon, and he was 32 years old, and he said that when he was a teenager, he had worked, I don't know if it was at a Blockbuster specifically or just a general like video store, and his younger brother is 17 and had no (laughs) idea what a video store actually is. So I think anybody over the age of 30 is in that demographic mm-hmm. and anybody under 30 is like why would i want to why would i do that why would i how do i how do i even work a dvd player right. like what's that like you know <laughs> daddy what's a record player that's, you know? that's exactly it <laughs> i was just going to reference that when i took my daughters to the craft show one time uh when we were uh, trying to find something to do and they were painting old records because the records had no other purpose other than to be uh, you know a palette for a craft and the girls at one time said to me daddy what's a record yeah, it's like well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like a it's like a CD only it's larger. What's, what's a CD? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like man, talk about feeling old instantly. Definitely. So, uh, Coco, do you recommend the last blockbuster as a documentary? I do recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got a lot of yeah nostalgia, like Dalton was saying. It was very interesting to see how blockbuster came to be such a huge like Monopoly, Mm -hmm. basically. And then it's downfall. Like, Sandy was great. I loved her and her Mm -hmm. family. So I would recommend it. And what would you give it out of uh, your 10? I'd give it like a B to B plus. (laughs) And I would give it out of 10 probably, yeah, I'd give it a six and a half, seven. I think it's it's worthwhile. It's low investment. Right. It's not a 15-part series. No. I think it could have been a lot better. But uh, I think what's in there is is worth trudging through the the stuff that's not good. Faux show. So anything else to offer? No, that's it. That's pretty, we're pretty succinct on this one. Oh, uh, I will want to uh, say 
they were floating some names for if Dish Network decides not to renew the license and they have to change <laughs> their name. And I would like to submit my idea mm-hmm. for Bend Buster. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I was thinking Buster Block, but that, oh. you know, just switch them. Because they were yeah. saying, yeah, if you're going to do something like this, you want to spend a lot of money on the new sign. Right. So if they have to change the name, just chop it and flip it and I still like it. use the same ticket thing or even just reverse the ticket thing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that, you know, it's all. Like they do with ambulance in your rearview mirror. They paint it backwards so that you, when you're driving, you can see it, like, you know, spelled correctly I and think that's you can perfect. read it. Yeah. So I do think that. actually, if they did that, just turn the sign backwards uh-huh. and everybody would get it. Totally. People would instantly get it. We, we're coming up with the good ideas right here. You heard it here first. On Blockbuster, call us. Bend Buster. Sandy Harding. Or maybe us. don't call us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for another edition of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and one listener. Uh, for another episode, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dots. <laughs>